The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey everyone, welcome to G Cobb in the House. And actually tonight, G Cobb is not in the house. Uh, as of right now, uh, he might be joining us a little later. But for tonight, I'm your host, Bob Cunningham. And with me is uh, Denny Basins and Haran Knight, both of gcob.com. Guys, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good, good. All right, so uh, let's jump right into this. Tonight, first preseason game for the Eagles. A lot of things to talk about. Of course, you got Kevin Cobb, uh, who's going to be making his officially unofficial uh, first first start as a as the Cobb era is getting underway. Uh, so uh, co- overall, and then we'll move into specifics, uh, Denny, you can go first. What are you looking for tonight out of the Eagles? First of all, um, the first thing I want to look at is the offensive line and how they hold up. Uh, you've got uh, Mike McGlynn, who is essentially the third-string center since uh, Jamal Jackson and Nick Cole are both out. And you got to see how he holds up, if he's able to make the calls, like, and also, uh, Stacey, the play of uh, Stacey Andrews and uh, Max Gene Gillis on the uh, in, inside. Uh, and, of course, you want to see Cobb do well. And you also want to see um, Brandon Graham and Nate Allen, as well as uh, Ernie Sims and some of the other new additions on the defense, perform well tonight. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah definitely. Haran? I mean, I'm going to just echo what Denny said. The offensive line is, like, is the key right now, especially with – um, two two fifths of it, not of the starters not being there tonight on um, rehabbing as in Jamal Jackson and Todd Harriman. Um, the more intact that they are, I think the more smoothly Kevin Cobb can be. Uh, um, as far as Cobb is concerned, he's more concerned about his decision making, how he can eliminate. Is, is he learning from his mistakes that he made a couple times in training camp? Uh, one of the things that people forget about Mike McGlynn is he was a third or fourth round pick, and his mentality at one point was compared to that of John Ryan. So it does give us a chance to see how he'll do. Defensively, um, I'm, I'm just excited to see how Brandon Graham and Nick Allen will do in a game-time situation. So I'm looking forward to that. Also looking forward to the starting cornerback side opposite of Samuel. Yeah, those are uh, those are definitely all big things to watch. The offensive line, especially, uh, like you said, you got Mike McGlynn in there. Uh, he's going to be making all the calls tonight. And you know, if we were concerned with Nick Cole making calls, you got to be even more concerned with Mike McGlynn 
come in and making the calls, but he has seen a lot of reps in training camp. Uh, so hopefully he knows what he's doing and we don't see, you know, some blown call that gets, that gets Cobb killed and puts a, a real bad mark on the season early. Uh, speaking about Cobb, you guys uh, both mentioned Cobb. Like I said, obviously that's going to be a big thing. I think tonight uh, the biggest thing that we're going to want to see from Cobb, Ron, like you said, is a decision-making. The physical tools have really never been questioned. He's obviously he's got an arm, uh, very accurate. You don't throw 30 touchdowns to only four interceptions at a major college program without having the physical assets. His thing is going to be can he read and dissect a defense quickly enough to get the ball out. You know, he's going to be taking a lot of three-step drops, and it's got to be one, two, three, bam, out uh, to, uh, to Jackson and to Macklin uh, and Avant and all those other guys. Is he going to be able to do that, or are we going to see uh, a lot of batted balls at the, uh, at the offensive line or at the line and uh, in the secondary? What, what do you guys expect to see from Cobb? I know what we want to see. We want to see him sling it around, throw a few touchdowns. But he's playing a quarter. What do you realistically uh, expect from Cobb tonight? Denny or Haran, either one of you can jump in. I, I expect to see a, uh, it's going to be a rough transition. Because uh, the, the fact is, because of the state of the offensive line right now, there's going to be a couple of times his decisions are going to be rushed. Um, like you said, three-step drops. It's going to be hard for him to do that tonight. And it's, it's important at, um, for people out there to realize that the interior of the line isn't fully intact. It's not going to be what you see by week four or week five. Um, so what, what to expect to see out of Kyle is how he handles adversity, how – he gets the people in front of him prepared for the night. Um, that's going to come down to his leadership abilities in the huddle. Uh, yeah, Denny? Yeah, one thing that uh, Haran just touched on, Cobb under pressure, that's something that to this point we haven't seen. Uh, last year in the games against New Orleans and Kansas City, uh, he wasn't pressured a lot, and we haven't seen him react to like taking a few hits, you know, and uh, – see if he's able to recover from that and still make good decisions, uh, stay away from the turnovers. And it'll be interesting to see, especially with those backup linemen, if they're not able to do their job tonight and Cobb's pressured, we'll see how he holds up. That's one thing I'm looking for tonight. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, if if McGlynn and Gene Gillis would happen to break down early. You know, As of now, Reed says that Cobb's going to be in for the first quarter. But if he goes in there the first drive and he's taking a couple hits, he's under pressure, he's running around for his life, I think we're going to see that Cobb has a, a real quick hook tonight, uh, and especially with a, a veteran guy like Mike Vick who you can throw in there. And you know, Vick can run around. He can run away from the pressure if it's truly that bad. Uh, and then you've got Kafka, a third-string rookie. You can throw him to the Wolves. That's fine. Uh, but, yeah, I think um, – Cobb is going to he's going to have to make very quick decisions not only because of the offensive line and its status but just because of the offense. I mean Reed claims that he's going to run the same offense with Cobb that he ran with McNabb, but let's be honest, he ran a verts uh wide open passing attack with McNabb. That's not Cobb, that's not his strength. Cobb is going to be a West Coast kind of guy, slants, 
hitches, drags, curls, and then the occasional, you know, the posts, the flies, everything else. But another guy I'll be looking, I'll be looking at tonight is going to be LaShawn McCoy. He's in the second year. Uh, he took over for Brian Westbrook last year, and they saw enough from him that they felt comfortable releasing uh, one of the best playmakers that the franchise has ever seen. What do you guys expect to see from McCoy tonight and uh, as we progress through the season? Uh, Haran, you can go first. If he holds on to the ball better than he did last year, I'm all for it. He definitely has the tools to be a starting running back in this league. Um, as long as he eliminates those mistakes and is able to pick up the uh, blitzes correctly, he's going to be gonna be a pro bowler in two to three years. He He's definitely on the right track. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. I'm actually looking forward to see the entire running back committee and how he, each one brings something to the table tonight. It's definitely it's tough to to pick out one guy because we're all excited to see everyone. But uh, Denny, what do you think about McCoy? Well, Ron hit on one of the bigger points about McCoy, which is his ball security. Last year, there were too many times where it just wasn't protected, and it almost cost them. Remember in the game against uh, Chicago when he had the uh, big fumble late in the fourth quarter. But there's two other things with McCoy, that, and Ron also touched on this: the um, can he pick up the blitz? Uh, Brian Westbrook was so good at that throughout his career. And if McCoy can't do that, then that's going to make things even harder for Cobb, like with the sort of patchwork offensive line as it is. And the one other thing for McCoy is his decisiveness. There were also a lot of times last season where he wouldn't go straight toward the hole. He'd try to dance around too much, and he'd kind of get held up and then stop. Like, Yeah, he's definitely got uh... – He's definitely got some growing to do as a running back. Like you guys said, ball security is going to be his biggest thing. Uh, he, too much, he was trying to flail his arm away from his body. You know, it's not tucked into his elbow, right? And uh, that's very easy for uh, uh, a linebacker or safety to come through and just punch that out. I mean, these guys spend entire practices devoted to nothing but going after that ball. Because they know, everyone knows in the NFL, turnovers will kill a drive, they'll kill a game, they'll kill a season. Uh, as we saw you know, with the Vikings against the Saints last year, uh, probably an easy Vikings win, but when you turn the ball over 5, 6, 12, 14 times, however many times they turned it over, you're just not going to win. The pass blocking for McCoy is going to be huge, uh, especially with Cobb. As it, tie, it all ties together with Cobb and his uh, having to make quick decisions, the line looking a little shaky. Guys are going to squeak through, and McCoy is his last line of defense. You know, so if McCoy uh, blows it and pulls a Lawrence Phillips type of move, uh, it could be it could get real rough for Cobb real quick. Now, personally for McCoy, I said this last year. I said this when he was drafted. Uh, being from the Harrisburg area and then going to Pitt, I've gotten to see McCoy play, uh, hear about him, hear about him a whole lot uh, because he's in the area. And I think that uh, maybe not this year because he's he's still young, but eventually, uh, maybe next year, the year after that, we're going to see a guy who is making more plays than even Brian Westbrook did because he's just overall, I think he's a better runner as far as. Uh, 
the vision goes. You saw Westbrook a whole lot, especially later, the past uh, two, three seasons. He gets the ball, runs into an offensive lineman, falls forward for two yards. The vision just it didn't seem to be there for Westbrook, and I think it's going to be there for McCoy. Once he goes through his growing pains, uh, we're, going to see, we're going to see a lot out of him. What do you think, uh, real quick, before we hit the break, what do you think uh, numbers for the season for McCoy? Rushing, receptions, all that. Uh, Denny? Yeah, I think realistically because uh, Eagles just don't run the ball a whole lot. I mean, in Andy Reid's tenure, there's only been three guys, actually two guys that have um, gone over 1,000 yards. Uh, Deuce Staley did it once, and Westbrook did it twice. I think and consider that he's going to be sharing the ball with uh, Leonard Weaver and, uh, LeSean, and uh, not, uh, Mike Bell, rather. I think realistically, maybe over 750 yards, and but he'll also get, he'll also probably go over a thousand just with the stats that he picked up through the uh, receiving game. Ron, um, one one other thing that you can he, that goes un, unspoken about with McCoy is throughout training camp he's been he's had a very good coaching intern to, to watch over at Deuce Staley. So whatever he soaks up from from him might be good as well. As far as his numbers for the season, I can see him getting 1,100 yards. Um, you don't have to get 100 yards every game to get that. And I think that they'll switch it up, the running game, it up just enough for for him to get that. It's all in about how much he earns the um, coach's trust in the carrying the ball enough times. Either way, he's definitely going to catch at least 50 passes, in my opinion, for about – 700 yards yeah he's definitely got got that kind of ability uh like Benny said I don't know that he's going to get enough opportunities to go over uh a thousand yards this year but we'll see we'll be back after the break talk some more Eagles and talk about that great Phillies win from last night stay tuned Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Now you are all welcome back to uh, G Cobb in the house. I'm uh, Bob Cunningham here with Denny Basins and Haran Knight. Uh, G. Cobb is not with us tonight. He's heading over to uh, to the Eagles' first preseason game against the Jaguars, which is what we'll be talking about and what we are talking about right now. But before we get back into that, I wanted to touch on uh, Jerry Jones' recent comments about uh, Donovan McNabb and Kevin Cobb. Jones uh, asked about Cobb. He said, Quote, McNabb helped create those big swings in our games over the last 10 years. When he played well, it was like throwing the knockout punch. When he didn't, you were able to throw the knockout punch. I don't see that now with Cobb. I think Cobb and the way they're going about it now, you won't have those big swings one way or the other. I think every game with them is going to be a battle. Because of Cobb and because of the makeup of the rest of their team is solid. And their coach, there is not a better coach in the NFL than Andy Reid. A whole lot there. It sounds like uh, a knock on McNabb as he's complimenting Cobb and a huge compliment for Andy Reid. Uh, what do you guys think? Is, he, is Jones uh, spot on? Is he missing the mark completely? Will the Eagles be better with Cobb than they were with McNabb? And is Andy Reid truly the best coach in the NFL? Denny, what do you think? Well, I don't know how you can say he's the uh, best coach in the NFL when he hasn't uh... – Finished the job and won a Super Bowl yet? Um, as for yeah, it, it's a little shot at McNabb and maybe a little compliment to Cobb, but I think it's it's too early to say that. Though. I mean, you just haven't seen Kevin Cobb play enough games to know whether or not like you could have those big swings with him or not, or if he's going to stay uh, consistent from the first quarter through the fourth quarter. But the only answer to that is just to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, Ron, what do you think? Um, I agree with Denny. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. you got too many other coaches out there ahead of him for that. Um, but as far as the shot at McNabb, um, it, it is what it is. They they play two different styles. But McNabb is more of a down-the-field type of individual. And Kevin Cobb is the type that's going to set, run, and try to sustain drives. So each side has their own strengths and weaknesses. So I don't see where – I mean, it does sound like a shot at McNabb, but 
it's going to be a different change. That's just something that we just got to come to grips with. Yeah, and like you said, in that sense of just the fact that McNabb is going to be more of a big play guy it look, or, uh, than Cobb is, it looks like, uh, in that sense, there are some big swings. I mean, you talk about like uh, the game week two in 2008 where it was back and forth and back and forth because of McNabb, uh, McNabb's ability to make big plays. But something Jones said that I think uh, actually is something in favor of McNabb rather than against him, he says that McNabb helped create those big swings and that when he was on his game, the Eagles won. When they weren't, they usually lost. To me, that says what I've been saying for years now, is that McNabb was the focal point of the offense to the point that he was the playmaker. You know, if they had a running game, that wouldn't be the case. McNabb could have a bad game and they could still win. But that seemed like at all 11 years, if McNabb had a bad game, that was it. It was game over, Eagles lost. You guys think that means uh, that there was too much put on McNabb or just that McNabb could be so bad that he brought the team down with him? Thank you, absolutely. Go ahead, Danny. Okay. Um, I don't think that it was he, he was that bad. I think that too much was put on him. You go back to the um, go back to the Raiders game last year, uh, and McNabb was just having such an off day. And there were times that was one of the games last year where Brian Westbrook was effective. But I mean, this this goes back to Andy Reid, one of his problems. And it's, people talk a lot, a lot about the lack of balance in the offense and. I don't know if that's quite it, but it's just in situations, like Andy needs to do a better job of knowing when to take – should have done a better job of taking the load off of McNabb, like with the running game. And because so much of the offense was put on McNabb, like he said if he's got a bad day, I mean, that was it. Like all the balls are going at the receiver's feet or over their heads or to the defense. Ron? Um he, he definitely put a lot on McNabb. I mean, McNabb was a great a good quarterback for the Eagles, but um, they did put a lot on him, especially in, like, I remember that Raiders game when you're calling, like, 70% of pass plays, but even half of those was play action when everybody knew he wasn't running the ball in the first place. So uh, it was a lot to put on McNabb, and with McNabb's, big play ability, the weak side of that, if those big plays don't come through, defense doesn't get a chance to rest. So, and that was the bad side of that whole whole ordeal is you, you need to be able to sustain drives to keep, to keep the defense fresh um, unless you're going to jump out every time and get like 14 to 21 nothing leads every game. So, but if you have a predictable offense, which which they did, then it, it comes a downside. Every NFL is too smart to run the same stuff all the time, so you have to have some type of balance. Yeah, and like you said, Haran, when they would run uh, that play action, and not only are they running play action, but they're running play action out of the shotgun when they haven't run the ball once all game long. I, I just... I would love to hear from Reed what exactly he's thinking in that situation. You're going to run play action and catch the linebackers laughing so hard they fall over. 
no one, no one expected them to actually run the ball. No one bought the play action. In, in the years I've been watching them, I can't recall a time McNabb ran the play action and you actually saw the safeties and the linebackers freeze because they thought the run was coming. They knew every time. Every time they knew, there's no way they're running the ball. Reed never runs the ball, unless it's, of course, second and long. And so to that point, I think it is tough to say Reed's the best coach in the NFL. Uh, you, have, you have the other guys, like you said, you know, he still hasn't won a Super Bowl. He's definitely very good, top three, top five. Uh, you know, as far as molding talent goes, he's certainly one of the best. Uh, Monday through Saturday, he might be the best coach in the league. But on Sunday, when he picks up that play calling sheet, man, it's it's an adventure. Uh, and I think it really knocks him down a few notches. But uh, switching gears a little, we digress there. Uh, back to the preseason game tonight. If there's one guy, if you can only watch one guy tonight, you know, whether it's Cobb or... Simone Lawrence, which which one guy are you watching, Denny? Uh, let's see, for one guy, I would watch Alice Hobbs and see how he holds up because uh, Jacksonville they have a couple of bigger uh, physical receivers like uh, Mike Sims Walker and Alice Hobbs. Like he's coming in, he's replacing uh, Sheldon Brown, and there's a lot of questions if he can do the job or not. And I, I think it would mean a lot for the secondary uh, if can provide some stability on that left side because the depth behind him isn't that great. You have uh, Hosilio Hansen, who's better suited for the nickel role, and Dimitri Patterson, who probably isn't anything better than a fourth or fifth cornerback, and Trevard Lindley, who at this point, he, I mean, he's a rookie, a, a mid-round pick, who quite honestly, like he, it's not likely he's ready for a starting position yet. Mm. And I notice you don't. You didn't even mention Macho. Is, uh, do you? You just don't uh, have any faith in Macho, like myself. I, I don't. I don't think Macho is going to make the team. Honestly. Wow. I'm, okay, uh, Haran. Well, what do you think? Who are you watching? You said one person or one person. You got to watch one person, whether it's Cobb, instead of Simone Lawrence, uh, Mike McGlynn, any one person. Who are you watching? That's easy for me. Nate Allen is who, is who I'm watching. Um, and I don't know if Danny remembers um, at debates, at pre-draft debates, and I kept saying, "Go get a defensive lineman first because I felt that they was going to get Morgan. right, right. Um, I knew they was going to get a pass rusher in the first round because I had faith that Nate Allen was going to be that guy that they could get in in the um, second round and that they could pass up on Earl Thomas for. So now I'm definitely excited to watch him just um, for the simple fact that I've been talking this guy up for so long. Now is the time to see what he can actually do. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, good picks. And I noticed that both of you are looking at guys in the secondary, and with good reason. Hobbs, I, I, I said it from the beginning, I don't like the Sheldon Brown trade. Uh, Brown's a guy who has been uh, – He's the London Fletcher, it seems, of cornerbacks. He's very good year in and year out, but he just doesn't seem to get his dues. No one, he's not a guy people are talking about, but 
he's a hard hitter. I mean, just ask Steven Jackson or Reggie Bush. Uh, he is a smash mouth kind of guy, and he can cover with the best of them. I mean, now that Plexico Burris was out of the league, Sheldon Brown looked like an all-star. But uh, I didn't understand that. So Hobbs is uh, he's got a uh, he's really got to step up if they're going to do anything, you know, other than just pick him apart all game long. Nate Allen getting pushed into the starting role with Marlon Jackson going down. Uh, personally, I thought they were going to take. Uh, uh, oh man, his name is eluding me. Um, safety Seattle drafted. Uh, Earl uh, Thomas. Thomas. Earl Thomas, yeah. Uh, I thought when they traded up for him, I stopped paying attention. I thought Earl Thomas, here we go, move on to the next round. And But uh, I was wrong, so we'll keep an eye on them, and we'll be back on the other side. G-Cobb in the house. Keep it locked. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, president and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network what it comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Welcome back to G Cobb in the house. I'm your host today, Bob Cunningham. Along with me, Denny Basins and Haran Knight. We're just talking, uh, talking some Eagles before the preseason officially kicks off for the Birds tonight. And uh, we were talking about one player we all uh, like to pay attention to. If we could only pick one player, who would it be? 
Uh, Denny went with Ellis Hobbs. Ron went with Nate Allen. Uh, I got cut off uh, for the break. But I think my one guy I'm watching tonight has got to be Winston Justice. And uh, I'm an offensive line kind of guy. Uh, and I, uh, I said last year that I thought Winston Justice was going to be a very good starter. Uh, you know, there was the talk of, uh, of course, everyone kept bringing up uh, the OCU Manura game uh, and just about how Justice seemed uninterested and slow. And uh, the thing that uh, we have to remember about that, for those of you still dwelling on that game, is that Winston Justice was a right tackle at USC, playing left tackle that night, and only found out an hour and a half before the game that he was going in after Trey Thomas was scratched. I mean, you can move a left tackle in college to right tackle in the NFL, but you can't move a right tackle in college to a left tackle in the NFL. The footwork's just not there. But now Winston, that he's playing, Winston Justice was a, a right tackle in college. Yeah, Winston Justice, uh, for the most part, was a right tackle uh, at USC. The only thing behind that, um, especially his later two years, um, was I thought I thought he's a left tackle. Now my argument with that was he didn't have to um, protect Matt Liner's blind side, being that he was a left-handed quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. that, that's something that I took into consideration, especially when he started um, being productive on the right side last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with Justice, I think um, he did seem almost uninterested uh, for the first couple years uh, with the Eagles. He seemed, uh, he just didn't seem to have that, that killer mentality. And then, I mean, you had Hugh Douglas coming out and the now infamous, that puppy don't bite uh, quote now. So it almost seemed like that all got into Justice's head uh, last year. And uh, I remember being down at training camp and a scrum breaks out. You know, everyone loves the training camp fights. And you'll look in the middle of it, and it's Winston Justice being pulled out of it, still throwing fists. And it's like, okay, maybe he's coming around now. He had a good year, probably the most consistent lineman they had last year. True. And, uh, I mean, you had he's not the best guy there, but Jason Peters was erratic. And uh, overall, the most consistent guy, probably. Now, I think, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but from what I've seen from Justice, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy this year. I won't make the Pro Bowl, because it usually takes a year, and then you make the Pro Bowl. But I think he can be a Pro Bowl caliber guy. Uh, what, are you, what do you two think of him? Uh, Denny, you go first. So, I agree with you. I think uh, Justice has a, lot of, has a good chance to really go forward and take the next step up in his development. And there's a lot of guys in the NFL that are late bloomers and become all-pro players And after a couple of years in the league. I mean, even uh, Jason Peters himself was just an undrafted guy who developed into a very highly regarded lineman. And Justice made such uh, good progress last season. Uh, once he started getting uh, regular uh, reps with the starters, uh, he took his opportunity and ran with it. And uh, I feel good about him going into this year. Come on. I'm confident in, in, in Justice this year. Um, as far as the Pro Bowl, I'm not sure, especially with the offensive line a lot of the times. Um, 
you know, making a Pro Bowl is based on reputation, but he still has to earn some of that. But he's definitely, I think he's going to be a, a consistent um, anchor for that line. Um, he st- tries to stay in shape. I think he came in a lot better shape this year, especially knowing he was going to be an Eagle uh, and got that contract extension last year. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, and uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna rely on justice heavily because uh, there are a lot of question marks, and he was really the one guy they didn't have to worry about so much last year with all the moving pieces around him. Uh, he was that that one constant. But uh, now we're talking about all these guys, and. Uh, you know, we picked out our one guys we're all going to watch, but we still have yet to really talk about Brandon Graham, the first-round pick. Eagles traded up to get him, uh, passed over guys like uh, Pierre Paul and Derek Morgan and Earl Thomas, you know, just all those guys, you know, Mikey Potty, Brian Ballou, uh, all those guys that we thought uh, they might take, passed them up, took Graham. It's looking like he's still in a fight with Parker to be the starter, but Parker's going to start tonight, and then Graham's going to get his reps. What do you what do you expect from from uh, Graham rather tonight and moving ahead? Uh, Haran, you go first. Um, I expect, tonight I, I just expect them to see how fast he gets off the line. Um, it's kind of be kind of hard to really gauge him tonight um, going against a bunch of second teamers. But I'm not going to be surprised if I see him starting to scramble by car. I won't be surprised to see Graham as a starting left at, um, defensive end week one of the regular season. Uh, that said, he's, he's definitely um, going to be a dynamic player. I thought it was going to be Derek Morgan, but I hope I'm glad that I was wrong that they, they didn't pick him, about them picking him. Denny, what do you think? Well, Brandon Graham, I think it's only a matter of time before he uh, takes over with the ones for Juquay Parker. I mean, Juquay Parker's been a nice player for him, but it, he's better suited with uh, less snaps and just part of the rotation now. As for tonight with Graham, uh, I think he'll get some time against uh, Jacksonville's ones just because the Eagles uh, rotate their guys in and out regularly. How much time? I don't know, but I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if got a little more time out there with the ones just because at this point I mean, the coaches know what they're going to get from uh, Parker now they they need to see where uh, Graham's at to figure out how close he is to taking over on a full-time uh, basis yeah I think uh, I think the first time the Eagles have to go into the nickel tonight uh, we're going to see Graham out there uh, and along with that we'll probably see the new Acquisition, Daryl Tapp on the inside, along with third-round pick Daniel Teo Nassim, I believe is how he pronounces it. Yes, he got uh, it. Teo, we'll call him. Uh, we're going to see those guys. We're going to see those guys taking over for uh, the old Darren Howard used to have as that guy who can move all around. That's probably going to be a mix of uh, of Tapp and Teo. So uh, that's something to definitely keep an eye out for, uh, how those guys play, how they're able to get a pass rush up the middle. 
speaking of which, uh, a guy who is really being talked about is uh, uh, Trevor Laws. Uh, taking two slots ahead of Deshaun Jackson in 08 and completely disappeared. Didn't play a whole lot in 08. Uh, you, know, you know, he was a rookie. That's fine. Last year, he's a healthy scratch. Coming into camp, I wasn't sure he was even going to make the roster. I thought he had time on his side. But there's talk that he's going to see a lot of time, that he's looking very good. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys think of Laws as a player, and what do you think he's realistically going to do for them this year? I, th- I think Laws, um, personally, I thought he was going to be a draft day trade. Um, but once they, I saw that they kept him, I thought, you know, there's going to be a lot of competition in his training camp. Whatever was said to him behind closed doors looks like it was taken to heart. Um, Definitely looks a lot stronger, but um, it definitely sounds like they really got plans for him to be a nickel pass rusher, which which pass rushing was his, was noted to be his strength coming out of college. So we'll see how that turns out. Okay. All right, with Trevor Laws now, I didn't think too much of him uh, before training camp. Uh, just just based on the fact that last year uh, he lost his spot in the rotation to a guy the Eagles signed off the uh, streets, uh, Antonio Dixon, who did a good job. But now this year, I've seen uh, Laws up at a uh, training camp. He looks much different, much stronger, faster. He's got a real good explosion off the snap. He's been getting into the backfield, uh, making plays just on, on a regular basis. Uh, he's really been one of the most impressive um, guys out of any position up at camp, and he has a chance to really be an important uh, part of the defense this year. Yeah, they're they're certainly hoping that uh, he buds into the guy they thought he was going to be. I mean, th- this is a top 50 pick. He was their first pick that year, uh, you know, a second-round guy. It would really be uh, just a catastrophe in a long line of second-round catastrophes for Reed. You know, he's going to join you know, Matt McCoy, Quentin Caver, no, Barry Gardner. Barry Gardner, I was going to say. I thought, yeah, he was a second-round pick. Uh, so hopefully those names can kind of disappear and not be mentioned in the same breath as Laws after this season. But uh, another guy who you can't help but root for, Chad Hall. He's going to get all the punt returns tonight uh, so they can give Jackson a break. You know, he's still not at 100% after straining his back. And, uh, and, and it's a good excuse because they want to see – what the guy can do. Uh, what do you What do you all think about uh, uh, about Hall as a receiver or uh, a running back, a utility guy as a returner? What do you think his chances are at even making the roster, Denny? Okay, well, Chad Hall's an interesting case. Uh, he's very fast. Um, you can tell, very skilled too. But the, the problem with him is his size. Like, can he can he hold up in the NFL? Now, what he reminds me a little of is a. Uh, there was a guy the Eagles had in camp uh, last year, uh, Danny Amendola. Mm-hmm. A very similar uh, skill set to Halls, and Amendola had a good enough uh, preseason to the point where if the Eagles didn't have a uh, one just loaded with um, receivers last year, they kept seven on opening day. Uh, I think Amendola might have made the uh, roster last year. Now, Hall is a chance this year because right now there's there's a lot of competition for the wide re- the backup wide receivers. I mean, beyond a uh, Sean Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Devont. You've got uh, Riley Cooper, Hank Basket, Kelly Washington Hall, 
probably fighting for um, two spots, maybe a third if the Eagles decide to keep six, which I don't think they will. But and we'll, we'll see how Hall does. If he if he can handle the uh, punt returns well, it'll give the Eagles something to think about. Yeah, like you said, there's a there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, Cooper probably has earned his spot unless he completely blows it during the preseason. He's a guy the Eagles like. He's been a, a camp star. So, like you said, it's Deshaun, it's Macklin, it's Avant, probably Cooper, and then you've got a lot of guys fighting for that last spot. But uh, we'll see if any of them can stand out tonight. We'll get to Haran on the other side of the break. This is G Cobb in the house. Stay tuned. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in nfl history tune in to wide open with andre rison andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport there'll be celebrity guests coaches players artists and more he'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week tune in to wide open with host andre rison featured thursdays at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel so Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. 
Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. G Cobb in the house. G. Cobb is not in the house. Your host, Bob Cunningham, with Denny Basins and Haran Knight. We're just talking Little Eagles preseason action, talking about uh, Chad Hall. Uh, Haran, what do you think? After watching that punt return he just did, um, that's not a good start for him. Um, actually, he had a little debate with G. G. Cobb himself about whether um, Hall will make the team. He said there's no chance. I'm hoping that there's a shot for him, but he's only going to make the team if the Eagles decide to keep six receivers. Mm -hmm. I think the top five are going to be Jackson, Macklin, Avant, Cooper, and Kelly Washington. After that, um, Hall has to do some spectacular stuff on special teams to really stay on his team. Yeah, we're in agreement there, Ron. I think uh, last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I think Washington, with his uh, ability to play special teams, and uh, he's even caught some balls in camp and has looked good. I, I think Washington will probably be that fifth guy uh, behind Cooper, and could actually even wind up being the fourth guy uh, because Cooper's a rookie uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, like you like you both said, uh, Danny Amendola was a guy uh, I was rooting for last year too. It's tough not to uh, when you just see a guy out there who who he you know he's not six five, two hundred and twenty pounds. He doesn't run a four three. He's doing it all on on heart and uh, know how and just really wanting to do it. So and Chad Hall being an Air Force guy, uh, he's a guy more NFL rosters need uh, with all the, the thuggery and the nonsense in today's NFL. Uh, Chad Hall's a guy you need. but uh, Definitely. Yeah. But uh, with the Eagles game underway, uh, you, can all, you can all watch that and tune into that, see what you think about that. But uh, before, we, before we go, I figured we'd talk about the, those Phillies, and they uh, they definitely keep you on the edge of your seat. They definitely uh, don't let you leave the TV. Uh, and if you did at any point during the season, you're not going to anymore, not after last night's win. Uh, you know, Joe Blanton comes in, gets knocked around early. We've seen that before. Uh, offense can't get much going. We've seen that before. Bullpen comes in, gets knocked around. Well, we've seen that before. And fortunately, we've seen these kind of comeback comebacks before, especially on uh, the guy who took the mound in Broxton, who seems to get rocked every time he comes to the mound against the Phillies. Uh, Denny, you know you're the Phillies guy for GCom.com. Uh, what did you take away from last night? Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, with regards to uh, Broxton, I mean, 
the Phillies have to be in his head right now. Uh, like what, what, the third year in a row now, he's blown like a dramatic uh, save opportunity against them. But yeah, right now, one of the, for the Phillies to have another comeback like that—that that was one thing that has been missing uh, from the team throughout the season. I mean, when they were in that bad slump for two and a half months, uh, people just felt like you know this team like it. They're not coming back like they used to, like a staple of this team in 2008 and 2009 were the late-inning rallies. And up until the game back in uh, before the All-Star break against the Reds where they had rallied from, I think, uh, six runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, all I mean, four they, of those the games. Comebacks just, comebacks just weren't happening. Mm-hmm. And for it to happen again, it's just um, just another in, of another in a long line of encouraging signs with this team lately. Yeah, I mean, you've got that comeback. Uh, Ryan Howard is looking to come back uh, very soon. Chase Utley uh, has started swinging the bat and uh, is eyeing a return in a couple weeks. Uh, You know, uh, Polanco seems to be working through that injury and uh, is hitting the ball really well. Uh, And Roy Oswalt now coming in uh he's been very good in the latter portion of the season over the past few years but yeah like you said brockton broxton rather uh it's got to be in his head i mean 2008 uh matt stairs just completely launches that ball i think he tore the skin off of it uh, and then last year with jimmy rollins hitting that ball into right center with two outs and then and then this past debacle for him it was uh it was pretty bad, but uh, couldn't even get one out last night. Not yeah, one. Yeah, what do you face? Five guys didn't retire a single one. So it's uh, definitely not encouraging for uh, Tory's uh, group, who's looking to make a wild card push. But uh, the, the Phillies have certainly seemed like they've been turning things around. Individually, guys, especially Raul Labanez is especially a guy we're looking at on like an 18 or 19 game hitting streak or something ridiculous. Uh, what do you think? Can they can they overtake the Braves or are they a wild card team? Are they a pennant contention kind of team? What do you think? Oh, I think without a doubt, at this point with the Braves uh, losing uh, Chipper Jones and uh, Martin Prado, I think it's only a matter of time before the Phillies surpass them and uh, take the division, just because. You've got those three aces at the top of your rotation, uh, Halliday, Hamels, and Oswald. And just with that, you're going to get, more often than not, you've got a chance for uh, seven, eight solid innings out of any one of them. And one thing, the thing also impressive about these last couple weeks, I mean, they've been doing it with such a depleted lineup. And now once you have uh, Utley and uh, Howard coming back off the disabled list, at the end of um, August, you're going to be finally at full strength for the first, really the first time since the beginning of the year, yep. and that's going to help them greatly. All right, the and uh, hate to cut you off, but that's our time. We'll see you back here next week. G Cobb in the house. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.